This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. All right, so for this evening, again, we will continue on this topic series around how to stay prepared and avoid distractions. Uh, again, like I said, Minister Hill started about about the beware of the snare of the fowler. And my portion of this teaching is around beware of financial distractions. And the thing about finances, right, you know, when it comes to money, money is neutral. Never want to give the impression that money is evil, right? It's the love of money is the root of all evil. But money is just neutral. But it's how we respond to the money or the lack of it becomes a distraction, you know, becomes a financial burden. And so I'm just going to continue to pick up on where we left off at, and especially during this Christmas holiday season, again, we get really, really caught up when it comes to spending and financially. And we get caught up in the sense that if we don't have it, we are stressed, you know, we're depressed. Uh, if, we, if we think we have it and we don't have it, we just go out and, and make bad decisions. And again, this is all about the snare, tangling you up, all about the fowler getting you round up during this time. The, the fowler has been playing a game with you every year around this time put you in a hole. Going, you always going into the new year in a deficit. It's time to break that cycle. Alright, so we're going to go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, which is our foundational scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. <clears throat> Starting in verse number 1, it says, To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill, a time to heal. A time to break down, a time to build up. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get, and a time to lose. A time to keep. And a time to cast away, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? Verse 11. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he hath set the world in their heart. So that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. So we see here in this passage of scripture, you know, it's amazing to me every time I read these things. I love how it says God makes everything beautiful in his time. After he went through everything that says there's a time and a season for everything. Right? There, everything. I like that. Everything, there is a season. Everything, there's a time and there's a purpose under the heaven. And I think that's why during this holiday season and, and during this time, you know, many people get caught up in this, you know, spending and, and Christmas shopping. And, you know, like I said before, Black Friday, Black November, you know, now we're in the December and, and what we're doing this month and getting ready to count down to, to that one day. And it's all about spending money. And I'm going to tell you, it's, you know, we say it's a racket, right? But the racket's been working for a long time. And again, we can sit and say, well, you know, Jesus is the reason for the season. And he is, I understand. But your spending habits didn't show that. In other words, where is Jesus at, Jesus at when it comes to how you're spending? Right? Have you thought about him? In any of your decision-making process, 
So when it comes to spending this season, many people do, do what I hear, had here, one of the following. You overspend, right? That's a lot of people. You know, overspending means you're using credit cards, right? Accumulating debt, maxing out your credit cards, right? Credit cards are not free money. They want their money. It's just a loan with a high interest, and you've got to pay up, all right? And then, or, or you get a place where you lack of spending because you're broke. You don't have it. And I'll tell you, you know, I'll tell you what, you know, the reality is you need to know where you are at in this time of season, financially. Take stock of where you are. And I know that, for me, that I, the reality of it, you know, throughout the years, I really understood, okay, where am I at financially? You know, you know do I have it? And, and what do I have to spend? It, it takes time. I mean, in other words, be a steward. Because you look at other people, and you, and you look at other people, they go buy this, and they go get that, and you're like, oh, they can do it, I can do it. no. You don't know where they're at. Their reality is not your reality. Right? And so these things you have to learn. <laughs> Pay attention. You know, you know, like I said, it makes what goes on behind closed doors. You don't know what's going on in other people's house behind closed doors. You don't know what their financial situation is. But you know what yours is. So don't overspend. Lack of spending. Or then you spend your bill money. You mean you're spending money that's already been allocated to another use. These are class things that happens during this time of season. Right? We get so behind spending money. And, and when we do this, this leads to financial stress. This leads to frustration. This leads to even depression during the holiday season. And, of course, after the holiday season, because that's when the bills come. And then you get the place, oh, I just couldn't help myself. You know, that's what we're here to help you. You can help yourself. If you're born again, yeah, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ lives in you. The Holy Ghost is there. And, again, that's still small voice to take. You don't need that. And again, I mentioned this last time. This is an amazing word that the Spirit of God says to me. Wait. Again, to everything, there is a season. That means wait for it. Wait for your season. And that purpose is under heaven. That means I've got to wait on God to hear what my season is. Wait. Alright, so my objectives, three objectives we have for this teaching. Uh, discuss how to avoid being distracted in this holiday season. Discuss how to stay on purpose. And then we're going to look today at a practical examples of how you can avoid distractions. We're going to get into the dreaded budget. That would be a good, good uh, topic for discussion today. Alright, so how do I avoid being distracted financially in this season? Again, I said it before, you have to stay on purpose in your spending. Again, how do you avoid being distracted in this season? Stay on purpose with your spending. And purpose comes from God in your decision-making process. So we say we stand on purpose. Yeah, I'm on purpose. But the purpose comes from God. I mean, God will direct your purpose in your spending and your financial decision you're making this season. God will direct. Let Him direct you. So again, Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, it says to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. That means I'm waiting on God to give me that purpose under heaven for the season that I am. That's how I'm going to avoid being uh, distracted financially this time. I'm going to stay on purpose with my spending. I'm going to stay uh, what God has called me to do when it comes to my financial decisions. And so now how do I stay on purpose? Now let's go to Psalms 91. Psalms 91. How do I stay on purpose? Psalms 91. <clears throat> Verse 1. It says, he that dwelleth in the secret place 
of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisest pestilence. You know, I tell you, these, these scriptures are so amazing. The Word of God is, is relevant in every season, right? So how I'm going to stay on purpose, it's about dwelling and abiding. I have to dwell. I've got to dwell, and I like this, is dwell it. That means a continuous dwelling in the secret place. That place. That means I have to dwell and be in position. Dwell refers to being in position. It's a place. Right? I have to be in position. Right? That's how I'm going to stay on purpose. I've got to be in position. And then abiding talks about maintaining that position. So once I get in position, once I get in place, then I have to abide. I have to maintain it. Right? And then that abiding talks about abiding in Christ. Abiding on the shadow of the Almighty. I'm going to stay focused on Him. Christ Jesus is the Him. Not myself. I'm going to put my trust in Him. Again, in verse 2 it says, in Him will I trust. See, in this holiday season, when it comes to my financial decision, my trust is in Him. Let me, let me, let me let you know something. You don't have to buy anything. I know something that hurts you, right? You don't have to buy anything. Right? We're going to get into that in a minute, right? That's what it calls about, the, that's the snare of the enemy. The snare of the enemy tells you you have to buy something. Why? Because it's the pride of life. It's Christmas. You've got to spend money. You don't have to buy anything. See, because so, again, my trust is in Him. He will keep me. You know, I will be fine. I will have just a great Christmas and not buying one single gift. Well, somebody's going to be mad. Not him. Because I'm going to tell you, you know, I always say, well, Christmas is not about just gifts until you don't get one. Then, then like I said, then everybody's mad. Well, I thought Jesus was the reason for the season. You didn't buy me nothing. No, I, you said Jesus was the reason for the season. We're going to love on Jesus this season. We're going to spend no money. See, see, I'm going to tell you, you already, your flesh is already talking to you. You're already getting to the, the snare. is already working on you. It's Christmas. It's amazing. It's, like, like, that means something. It's Christmas. It, yeah, it's Christmas. I understand. But how do we correlate Christmas to spending money? Yeah, that's the snare. All right, let me continue on. So again, you have to abide, you have to dwell. That's how you stay on purpose. That means Christ must be involved in every decision in your life, including your financial decisions. Again, Christ, your Lord, your Savior, Jesus Christ, needs to be involved. Now, how do I get Christ involved in my decision-making process? It's called prayer. It's called talking to Him. It's the same way you get Him involved in all your other decision-making process. You talk to the Lord. And you, and you read and you study and you come and hear messages like these and the ones that are coming forward to help you stay on purpose. And the, the Word of God will minister to you. The Spirit of God will convict you. That's how He's involved. So Christ must be involved in every decision in my life, including financial decisions. And this is how I stay on purpose and not get distracted in this, this season. Again, I say remember, everything is beautiful in His time. See, I'm aligning myself up with God's time. Because everything's beautiful in His time. Let God call it beautiful, not you call it beautiful. So from this, I, I went into and gave, uh, gave you all a challenge. We talked about a challenge. 
during this time to, to help you to abide in Christ. And again, we're assuming you're already in position. Just help you to maintain a position. So the challenge was every week for this month to read the Gospels. So week one is already passed, right? We had a December 1st through December the 7th. You should have been reading the Gospel of Matthew. Just read. Not study, right? Not, not, I mean, just read it. And again, here's the thing about reading the Word. When I mean by reading, it's not like you have to read the finish. I've got to hurry up and finish the whole book. No, just read. Just take your time and read the Scriptures. If you don't get through all to the end of Matthew, that was fine. The whole purpose of you is reading. The meditation is read it. And now we're in week two. December 8th is today through December 14th. Read the Gospel of Mark. Just read it. Right? From chapter 1 to the end of Mark. Just read. Take time on a continuous basis to read it. That'll help you abide in Christ. And then week 3 was February, uh, February, uh, December 15th to December 21st. Read the Gospel of Luke. And then the last week, December 22nd to December 28th, Read the Gospel of John. Read it. That's going to help you. You're like, what is how is reading going to help me? Just read the Word of God. Again, the Word of God is powerful. Read it. Let it illuminate to you. Because I'm going to tell you, as you're getting, I know things that I read, as may, every time I go through, going through and reading through Matthew this past week and looking at that, there's things in there, I, things in there I hadn't seen before and things in there I've forgotten about. Just around the birth of Christ. It's amazing. Things that transpire. Amazing things. But again, it get to keep you where you need to be at. So continue with that challenge. Continue to read throughout this month. That'll help you to abide in Christ. That'll help you to stay on purpose, stay on course. Alright, so what are the snare of the fowler used by Satan to get you distracted <clears throat> or off focus during this season? We already said it is the lust of your flesh the lust of the eye, the pride of life. Again, that entitlement that we just mentioned before. It's Christmas, so I must spend money. That's the snare of the enemy. That's the fowler. That's Satan himself getting you off focus. Because you feel like you're entitled. It's Christmas. Right? And the snare, we said, is a trap or a device used to surprise, entangle, confuse, to capture, to devour, to destroy, then the snare. It has no good use for you, a snare is. It's to destroy you. Right? And we said the snare is a custom designed distraction to trap you. I think that is so important to me, right? I mean, it is custom made trap for you. And again, you know it because again, all this season you'll see it. It's, it's a constant cycle. You know where you get caught up financially during this time of year. Where you, you spend the money on the same, it's the same thing to catch you trapped at this time of year. It's a custom design. The snare, the fowler knows the snare to put out there to trap you. But we're here to break that cycle. So last week we started looking at an individual in the Bible that was caught up in the snare of the fowler, that was distracted. And that was Judas. So turn with me to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. We're going to speak again around about Judas because it's easy to talk about somebody else and talk about the snare that's got you entangled. John chapter 13, Judas, starting at verse number 1. It says, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. 
And supper being ended, the devil, having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. And Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God. So we see at this time we have the, <clears throat> the feast of the Passover, we have the supper, and we have disciples that are sitting there <clears throat> at the supper. And we see that it says that the devil, <laughs> having now put in the heart of Judas to betray Jesus. So what was going on with Judas? Jump down to verse 21. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in the spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spake. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. And Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him, that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. And he then lying on Jesus' breast said unto him, Lord, who is it? And Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest, do quickly. And now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake unto him. For some of them thought because Judas had the bag that, Ju that Jesus had said unto him, buy those things um, that we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. He then having received the stop went immediately out and it was night. So we see here what Judas' issue was, right? Judas was responsible for carrying around the money bag or the money box, right? And the money box was, a money bag was used to pay for the services that they needed or to give to the poor or to whatever allocation or purpose it was. But Judas had a responsibility of he had allocation to the money bag. That was his responsibility. Judas was. And so when this transpired at the supper table... <laughs> The other disciples didn't think nothing of it because they, they thought he was just telling Judas to go, go get something. You know, which thou do do as quickly. But Satan had entered to his heart. So now, what was Judas' issue? If you hold on to the money back, what was the issue that he had with money? Now, we'll go back to John chapter 12. Starting in verse number 1. Then, Jesus, six days before the Passover, the six days before this feast that we just read about in John 13 happened. Six days before the Passover came to Bethany, where Lazarus was which uh, had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper. And Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. So we see here that at this time of supper, Mary took a pound of this expensive, very costly ointment. The, the, how much it cost? It said it would have been a year's wage. That's how expensive it was, of ointment. And <clears throat> use it on uh, Jesus' feet. 
wiped his feet with it, poured it on him. And the whole odor, odor was in the field of the room, right? And then it says, verse 4, This said of one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, we should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Then he said, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear that was put therein. So we see here now, we get the account of what Judas' issue was, right? Again, we said before, he was responsibility for the money back. He had the bag. And then it said he bare what was put in therein. What does it mean, bare? He stole from the bag. He was a thief. Right? And the Bible said, if a thief be caught, let him recompense. Judas was a thief. He stole from the bag. And he stole from the bag from for his own personal gain. Money. He didn't care about the needs of the poor. All he saw was another financial opportunity for him to gain. And here's the thing that gets me right. It had enough, he didn't earn this money. It wasn't like his services. He didn't, it's amazing. You steal it for, that's why I made it. You steal. You steal something you don't even, that you haven't even earned. He didn't earn. That's why it's called stealing. <laughs> you didn't earn this money, but you feel like it is yours. That's the, the game that the devil plays with us even during this time. Be careful how you spend, like they're talking about using those credit cards. Right? Like you earned it. I earned cash back from spending? That's a trap. That's a snare. Right? I got to spend money to make money? Come on now. We're we smarter than that, aren't we? Just a little bit. That's a snare. But he was a thief. He had a thief mentality, right? Justifying taking something that doesn't belong to them for personal gain. And I said before, many of us has this, have this thief mentality, especially during the holiday season. We'll, we'll, we'll justify spending using our credit card and we'll say we'll pay it back, knowing good and well you ain't going to pay it back. Some of y'all still paying back from Christmas, Christmas is long gone, years ago, from that credit card. That's a thief mentality. And Satan, the fowler, takes advantage of this thief mentality every year during this time. Because you love to justify your spending. You love to justify your bad character. And he influences you to make these financial decisions that get you caught up based on your lust. It's a lust issue. He's using the same pattern to get you ensnared every year. So that's why we're saying now, avoid the thief mentality this year. Here's the thing. Just because you have the money, don't mean you have to spend it. I'll say that again. Just because you have money, doesn't mean you have to spend the money. Right? In other words, don't spend money that wasn't allocated to purpose. Well, we have it. You, but, but the money you have is for a purpose. Remember, every, that's how I stay on purpose, right? Everything, every, everything and every, it has a season and, and a time and a purpose in, under heaven, right? To everything, there's a season and a time for purpose, to every purpose under heaven. So that, that includes my finance. That includes, the, the, you know, my bank account. That includes my state. That includes what I have put aside. Because you look and say, we have it. No, that money was not allocated to spend. So why are we spending it? That's the influence of the enemy. 
Don't let the fowler, don't let Satan persuade you into thinking you are justified by your lack of planning when it comes to making purchases during this holiday season. He will lull you to sleep. I'm going to tell you, he already got you wound up. And of course, you know, watching the television, watching whatever you're watching, all the advertisement bombarding, it just feeds right into the playbook. And you get right into a mode where I'm just going to spin, 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 spin. Right? But here's the thing. Getting back to what happened here with, with, with Judas, right? I love what Jesus said about this situation. Because you need to understand what is the purpose for this ointment. Because that was a question, right? Remember, Judas had an issue. Verse 5, he said, Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? So what was the purpose of the ointment? And, G- and Jesus answered in verse 7, Then said Jesus, Let her alone. Against the day of my bearing has, have, have she kept this. For the poor always ye have with you. But me, you have not always. So he told her, the purpose of that ointment was preparing for my burial. Jesus gave them purpose for the ointment. How do you relate that to your spending, right? Jesus will give you purpose about whether you should spend or whether you should save. Because I'm going to tell you like this, there, there's nothing wrong with spending. <laughs> you don't get this twisted either. I'm not, we're not on one extreme or the other extreme. At this time, he broke, hey, they broke that ointment very costly and, and prepared for his burial. When you spend based on purpose, that's what you're supposed to do. You've allocated these funds for a certain purpose, and then you spend them. Wow. That's fine. But the problem is when you're spending unallocated money that you hadn't purpose to spend, but you spend that too. That's the issue. And I'm going to tell you, God... Our Lord, Christ, will show you what is an investment and what is safe. He's got to be in every decision-making process. Because, again, there's a time that... Let me, me, me ask something, right? See, I add nothing to the Scriptures. We're going to just... I'm going to do a little blasphemy today, so go ahead and write in, right? There's a time to spend. There's a time to refrain from spending. There's a time to spend. There's a time to refrain from spending. Right? And how will you know what season you are in is all based on purpose. Let God show you when it's time to spend and when it's time to refrain from spending. Let God show you when it's time to spend how much to spend and where to spend it on. That's what I mean by purpose. It's not a free-for-all. I'm just buying, buying, buying. I'm swiping, swiping, swiping. <laughs> and then January comes and like, Where's the money? You spent it. It's gone. And now you're depressed. You're in a whole other state of mind. And now you're mad and frustrated. So again, this ointment was allocated for the purpose of preparing Jesus' body for burial. This ointment was not allocated to be sold and given to the poor. But how they figured that out was Jesus showed them that. So here's the process, right? This shows us the process when it comes to making financial decisions. It's a process. How do I make financial decisions when to spend, when not to spend? It's based on God's purpose and not your selfish desires. You have to remove your selfish desires from the equation. How to remove it? Put your flesh under. You've got to apply discipline. 
That's why I'm talking about, that's why reading the Word of God will help deal with your flesh. There's a process here when it comes to making financial decisions. And Christ is in that process. Let Him reveal to you God's purpose when you're spending. Now turn with me to Matthew 26. Let's look at this even further. Matthew 26, starting at verse number 6. Matthew 26, verse 6, it says, Now, when Jesus was in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, there came to him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. Sounds familiar? Now catch this. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation saying, to what purpose is this waste? Again, I love this. We are, we are arguing about the purpose of an ointment. Because it costs a lot. Why are we wasting this? I, I'm, I'm so glad we, we're, you know, it's amazing. I'm so glad you, you care about somebody else's money. You know, somebody else's waste. You know, when you need to have care for yours. Right? You know, you, you know what I mean by that? It's amazing how people can tell you how to spend your money, but how are you spending yours? Where's your purpose at? You know, somebody go buy some and say, well, that was wasteful. But what about what you just bought? <laughs> so you don't know where I'm at? And I definitely don't know where you're at. And I'm not trying to compete. But it's made, they had an issue with this woman breaking this ointment. Box that neither one of them had. No one had, no one had dibs to this. You know what I mean? It's amazing to me. Who owned the ointment box? The alabaster box. It had nothing to do with none of them. But we mad because they poured it on Jesus. They wasted. It's amazing how it's a waste when it's somebody else's money. But we can blow ours until the cows come home. Stay on purpose. And so again, but with his disciples saw they had indignation. I mean, he'd be mad now. Indignation. <laughs> Say, to what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been, might have been, might have been sold for much and given to the poor. Oh, now all of a sudden we just care so much for the poor. They're out there hungry. Ain't got no clothes, and we just care for them so much with somebody else's money. Not mine. I can't do. I can't help the poor with my money, but somebody else's money. We show enough, we can help them. See, that's what I'm saying. It's a hard issue. I hope you. It's a hard issue you're dealing with during this season. Because I'm gonna tell you, in all your spending, how much have you cared for the things that you said you care about? Oh, I love the Lord God. Well, how much have you put away for His kingdom purposes? Again, I'm saying this season, but I'm talking preparing for what God is going to call you to do. Been, you know, things already been met. Hey, we're coming up to New Year. There's things that God is going to prepare us to do financially that we need to be in position to come in, in 2022. Are you preparing for that, that now? See, God will give you purpose now. Like, hold on, just wait. Don't spend it. I've got something else I want you to take that money and use it for. Right? Versus complaining. Saying other things is wasteful. Stay with God and His purpose when it comes to your financial decisions. Verse 9 again. For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, again, He said to them, Why trouble you? This again, He's like, Why you mess with this woman about her alabaster box? It was hers. For she had wrought a good work upon me. I, I, man, I love the Lord. I tell you, God is, the Lord is so, I mean, He checked everybody. 
And we know who had the real indignation. It was Judas. But he checked all the disciples. He said, she's done a good work unto, um, upon me. You know, it, here's the thing, right? If we are able to bless, do a good work unto the Lord, why are the people getting mad about that? Why we... Why we get mad when other people are given towards kingdom purposes? Because we feel like, hey, you giving that? You could have gave that to me. You could, I, I could have had that money. Or you could have gave it to the poor. Here's our thing. You know, we all become God, right? They don't need it. You know, everybody knows what you should do with your money. They don't need it. Why, why are you giving them? Why you gave them that? Why, why you did that for them? They don't even need it. I need it. Or the poor need it. You got all these people around here. Other people need it. But here the Lord said, she did a good work upon me. It's like, was there anybody happy that the Lord got blessed that day? They all thinking about the poor now? Please. Now with some cheap, they wouldn't care. Like, yeah, poor out there. Who cares? But that was expensive. It was precious. We can't give nothing precious to the Lord. The precious stuff is for me. Understand, that's the snare. That's the trap. Can you give to the Lord that is precious to you? Or are you going to justify using it for your own personal gain? This is where Judas was at. This is where many of us are at, especially during this, this season. Stop hiding behind this Christmas. Are you doing what you want to do? you spending what you want to spend. It's your flesh that's out of control. All right, so he said, Watch over ye this woman, for she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you. <laughs> I don't know, it's so funny. I read these things. It's funny because like, you, can, you, can, you, know, you can give to the poor any time. They're always here. It ain't like, oh, we had one opportunity to give to the poor. There they are. You give to the poor any. You can give to the poor any time you want to. They're they're here. But for me, guess what? I, I'm on a time schedule. The Lord, I'm not always going to be with you. But the poor are always going to be. With you. you have an, it, You can give to the poor any time. In other words, right after you're done with this, you can go give to the poor. <laughs> He's making a point here. For you have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. For in that she have poured this ointment on my body. She did it for my burial. Purpose. That's what, he said, what purpose is waste? Well, no waste. She poured this ointment on my body and prepared me for my burial. That was the purpose of that ointment. Here we have Mary came there with purpose. And here we are, the disciples, especially Judas, caught up in their own personal thing. That's caught up being distracted financially. Verily, I say unto you, verse 13, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached, in the whole world, there shall also this, that this woman hath done, be told for a memorial or a witness of her. She's done a good work. But now we see, uh, after this moment, after this ointment was, was wasted in, in, in Judas's mind, look what happened. Verse 14. Then, then one of the twelve, right then, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests, and said unto them, what will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. He had another. It was like, no, he didn't. He was done. That was the trigger. He says, then he went. He said, what? he went to the chief priest. What are you going to give me if I deliver him to, to you? And they, 
covenant together with him for 30 pieces of silver, money. And from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. It was that moment. That was, the, like I said, the straw that broke. He was like, I'm done. I could have had this money, somebody else's money, in the money bag that I could have stole from and did what I wanted to do with it. And look at Jesus. It's time to betray him. He's caught up in this distraction. That was a trigger. And I'm going to tell you, we all have a trigger. What is your trigger? What's going to cause you to get off track financially? Not just during this holiday season, just throughout your life. We have a trigger. Where you're just like, I'm done. I can't help The money is there. I'm going to go and just spend it. And the Lord's like, just wait. Stay on purpose. That money's not for that. Because after this point here, it's going to bring frustration and stress to that financial decision you make. Yeah, you're going to get satisfaction for a minute, maybe a minute, but then, hey, the consequences of those decisions, you will reap for years. Again, I'm saying some of you are still paying for the financial decision that you made years ago. And the enemy is banking on that. So here's the questions you need to ask when there are financial decisions to be made. What questions do I need to ask when I'm making a financial decision? What is God's purpose for this financial transaction? What is God's purpose for this financial uh, transaction? Not what is your purpose. What is God's purpose for this financial transaction? Is God showing me to spend these finances or is God showing me to invest these finances? These are questions I ask, right? I'm looking for God's purpose, but then I'm asking, is God showing me to spend these finances? Or is God showing me to invest these finances? And then the third question is, how much should I spend? How much should I invest? What should I spend it on? What should I invest it in? All these questions, let God give you guidance. These are questions you need to ask. Because there's nothing like having money, but then you're like, don't know what to do with it. You know what I mean? Not what to do with it. It's all about you. You haven't talked to God about it at all. Again, I tell you before, because you got extra money, there's no such thing extra money. Money is based on purpose. Stay with it. And that purpose is God. So when a financial decision arises, just as God is there to help you, the foul of the enemy is there as well. To present and to persuade you to follow after your fleshy desires and not God's purpose. Again, you will get caught up in not trusting God, but you're going to trust in yourself. Again, this will lead, when you make these decisions based on your fleshy desires, this will lead to frustration, stress, even depression. We're in Matthew 26. Let's turn to Matthew 27. Let's see what happened to Judas. Matthew 27, starting in verse 1. When the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. 
Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See thou to it, to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Now, that's a sad state to be in. Right? He was consumed by what he had did. And get this, right? When we read this passage, be very careful how we read this, right? Because we read in verse 3, it says, Judas, Judas, right? The one who betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, he said he repented himself. That's not the same repentance as on to salvation. That's the repentance when I regret what I did. I have remorse. But what is left out in this whole conversation when I see about Judas, where is God? Where is Judas' conversation with God? Remember, Judas was one of the disciples, Right? He walked with you. He, he saw the pattern of the Lord. I've never seen him reach out and pray anything to God. And then when he said he had sinned, he didn't say he sinned against God. And so why is this so important? I'm telling you, all of a sudden that money that you had you know, spent on whatever you, you spent it on, those things will start spoiling on you. And then now you have regret. We should never spend that money on that. But the damage is done. The consequences are in place. There's your regret. There's your remorse. Right? You, you, don't, you don't spend your 30, you try to, your 30 pieces of silver, you're trying to give it back like, oh, I don't want that. Right? They don't even want to take your stuff back. They just want your money that you spent. All of a sudden, the, you know, for Judas, the 30 pieces of silver don't even sound like nothing anymore. But before we read about it, he covenant, that's what he agreed upon to betray you. That was a good amount to betray him. Now, all of a sudden, it meant nothing. Again, that, I'm going to tell you, that's what happens to us when we get caught up financially in this time. The things you spent money on, you start looking at those items, those things, those gifts, what you're spending on, you're like, really? I spent that much on this? You know, that's the regret. That's the repentant heart that's, regret of, that's regretting, right? Not repenting on the salvation. But God's like, let's get you to not to do that. Let's get you to catch you before you spend the money. Look at this in Luke chapter 12. So you see Jesus, I mean, uh, Judas is in, right? He hung himself. That's depression. And he didn't spend, so he didn't even spend the money. Luke chapter 12. All that for nothing. Luke chapter 12. Look at this. Luke 12, starting at verse 15. He's, and it says, And he said unto them, Take heed, beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Again, take heed, beware of covetousness. Your life consists not in the abundance of the things which you possess. That's not what your life consists of. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. 
And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and I will build greater and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, so thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease and eat, drink and be merry. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall thou think those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. See, me staying on purpose during this time and this season is I'm going to be rich towards God. I'm going to lay up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor dust can, can corrupt. Right? My, my treasures are in heaven. I'm going to be rich towards God. And again, this past trip, you see this, <clears throat> this certain individual, right? This, this, this man who had all the possessions. He never went to God. When he had this plentiful, right? He never asked God anything. It's amazing. We have money. We don't never talk to God about, okay, I have money. What do I, God, what do I do? But when we broke, it was like, Lord, God, help me. I don't know what I'm going to do. Man, I mean, the broke folks love to talk to God. But folks got money, like, then the money comes, you don't say nothing. God, like, remember me? You know, the guy you talked to when you was broke? I'm still here. I got, I got guidance for you. I got, I got counsel for you. You're not rich towards God. So here's the attack that the enemy uses during this time, this season. It's around the budget. Right? You know, you know what a budget is, right? Let me explain a simple explanation of a budget. A budget is a boundary. A boundary that is set for your spending behavior. That's what a budget is. A budget sets a boundary. For your spending behavior. So, if you have a budget, guess what? You have boundaries. What are boundaries for? For you not to cross. They're in place for a reason, right? You put boundaries, right? Like, I'm only going to go to this point, and I'm not going to go any further. That's called a boundary. So, the enemy attacks your budget. Why? Because, first of all, a lot of us don't even have a budget. You lack a budget. And the enemy's telling you, you don't need no budget. You don't, you don't need a boundary. Yes, you do need boundaries. Because, again, spending money that's not allocated on purpose, you will be wasteful. You're going to blow it. You're going to go right through it. And the enemy don't want you to have no budget. So, he, he, so the first attack is, oh, you don't need no budget. You don't need one. You're a good steward. You know how much you're going to spend. So that's one area. Right. The other thing the enemy deals with, especially during this time of year, is if we have a budget for spending, our behavior, it's not realistic. Right? What I mean by realistic, and I brought this up last time we talked, right? Your budget needs to be a reflection of the current market value for the items that you're going to purchase. Right? Your budget needs a reflection of that. You know, if you, if you bought a Christmas tree 10 years ago, you know, a tree might not cost the same as it does now. Ten, than it was 10 years ago. But your mind's like, oh, I got to set aside money for the Christmas tree. I'm going to put aside this money I did like I did before. And then you go to the store and all of a sudden, what? You get sticker shot. Huh? That wasn't really... Then here come the enemy. It's Christmas. Here come the family. We're not going to have a tree this year? All that pressure's on you now. And you might, oh, I had a budget. But it wasn't realistic. 
the enemy attacks us because of our lack of discipline, our lack of planning. You've got to bring forth a realistic budget based on realistic prices. Guess what that means? You've got to do your homework. It's amazing how we just, as Christians, we're just so lazy. Don't want to, you've got to do your homework. And again, all, you know, most of you got your homework right there in your hand, your device. You can, you can Google everything and see how much stuff costs. I mean, how can we, I mean, it's so easy for you. So go look, compare prices. You know what you're going to buy? Go see how much it costs. And then you can be able to set your budget appropriately. It'll be realistic. And then being realistic, again, includes not only the amount that you're going to spend, but the expectation of how much money is going to be spent. Let me explain it, right? It's not just the amount, but the expectation of how much money is going to be spent. What do I mean by that? Because going, going back, I, I use this example. Say, for example, you're going to buy a TV. And so you put aside $1,000. I'm going to spend $1,000 to buy me uh, you know, a flat screen TV. Right? And then I go to whatever my favorite electronic store is, or I'm on Amazon, or whatever I am, and I look out there, and all of a sudden I see the TV, and it's $1,200. So my budget said 1000 but the TV that I'm looking at is 1200 At that moment, I've got to make a decision. Now is the expectation of how I'm going to spend this money. So guess what? I can decide to say, look, I'm going to look for a cheaper TV. What a concept. Maybe I can't get the 90-inch TV. Maybe I can get me a 50-inch. I ain't got to compete with the, you know, the neighbors. They flat screen that you, you, know, you can see from half the block. I can just get me a 50-inch. And pay less than a thousand. Right? That's what I mean by behavior. So if I put the money aside, if I go and when I purchase it, and it costs more, I got to make a decision. And decision is not I'm just going. That's why I got paid twelve hundred dollars now. No. Or here's the flip side, and here's what normally happens to a lot of us. You you did your homework. Say you did your homework. You put the money aside. You got a thousand dollars aside for your TV. But then you went there on Black Friday. And that same $1,000 TV was now $800. Oh, man, you're feeling pretty good. Now, you know, in your mind, I got $200 I don't, I don't save. What do you do with the $200? See, I'll tell you, these are, I, I, these are realistic things here, right? This goes on all the time. So you put aside 1000 The TV costs 800 Now you got $200 left. And now, in your mind, you, again, you never consult God about anything. Your mind's like, I got more money to spend for the holidays. I can go buy me something else. But that money was not allocated for something else. But then you're like, well, it's going to be spent anyway. No. You got the TV. The money you got left over, that goes back into purpose. Don't spend it. So, so let me go. So, this is the practical example, right? These are, I'm getting into what are the practical examples you need to do to avoid being distracted during these financial, this, uh, during this, let me slow down. What are the practical examples so you can avoid being distracted financially during this season? You have to set a holiday budget, a separate holiday budget. That means outside of your normal budget that you may have throughout the year, set aside a separate holiday budget. And in this budget, 
you got to list not only the gifts you're going to buy, but also include food, entertainment during the holiday season. Because I'm going to tell you, it's nothing like not putting in an allocation for decorations and all of a sudden you've got to buy decorations. They're not cheap. And I'm speaking from experience. At the house. That I, I learned. That I didn't include in my budget. But I had to go buy it. I'm sorry. So you learn these things. <laughs> so you have a separate holiday budget. Not only for gifts, but also include food and entertainment for the holiday season. And when you make this budget out, you've got to list out everything that you're going to buy. Again, don't be lazy. Be a steward. This is all the things I'm going to buy this year. I'm going to research those items. I'm going to know what the realistic market price is for them, and then I'm going to go and purchase those things. And here's the beauty of it. Why do you have to spend money during this time? Guess what? It's, you can actually buy gifts for Christmas in May, in June, in June, all year long. Instead of thinking you got to have one big purchase, one big time where I'm going to boom, 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 boom. I'm going to say, these are little tricks. Shop throughout the year. Again, you already set aside the budget. That's why it's good. Beginning of the year, go ahead and set aside. Hey, January, I'm setting aside my holiday budget for Christmas 2022. Here's what I'm going to get. Here's the prices for these things. And then throughout the year, I'm knocking it off. That way I'm not caught in a strain when this time of year comes. I'm looking for a Black Friday sale or Black November or whatever. Cyber Monday. You know, I'm looking for those sales to buy. Hey, I'm getting it all the time. And here's the thing. I hate, to, I hate to tell you this, right? Those sales you think that happened then, they're not a sale. That stuff costs more than it did if you would have got it back in May and June. They don't went up on some of those items. It's all a racket. It's a game. So set aside that separate holiday budget. And when you set aside this budget, know where you are. And we put these boundaries around you. That means there's no extra. There's no impulse spending. That means if you hadn't planned on getting it, don't get it. So again, going back to that, that example, right? Something that you was on your list that you got, and guess what? You, it costs less than what you allocated for. That goes back into the purpose bucket. That does not go to, oh, we got more money to spend. for No. Learn that. That money goes back into the allocation for purpose. Not goes into, oh, I'm going to spend now. i got extra money going below. No. Put it on purpose. Ask God. Ask God what to do when something is lower than what you anticipated. And hear, the, and hear God say, just wait. And then he'll show you, oh, now you can spend it. You know, now you can break that alabaster box. Now here's the purpose for it. Spend it. Invest it here. See, stay in tune to God when it comes to your finances. I know these are things that I had to learn throughout years and being taught these things and get myself in a place where I could just hear from God and just wait. And make sure that things are realistic. So have this, have this, this is a practical example. Have this realistic budget, holiday budget separate spending and stay within it. Again, like I said, no impulse spending and don't justify some spending money even if it's on sale. And I'm going to say this again. How can you save money by spending money? You caught up. You can't save money 
by spending money. You save money by not spending money. Right? They come and say, you come and oh, I saved. I'm like, but you spent. Right? So that stay within the budget. And learn. Because as you go on, you'll learn how to tweak it. Why may I learn how to tweak it? You'll learn how to hear from God when it comes to these things. You'll find out what is necessity and what's not. And again, I'm telling you, none of it's a necessity. You don't never get that twisted. <laughs> but you realize what you know, what you can tolerate and what you cannot. You know, these are practical things to apply. I'm not going to justify spending money because something's on sale. It's all in purpose. Right, I'm going to keep my flesh in it. And how I'm going to do that, and we talked about that in the very beginning, right? I'm going to abide and I'm going to, I'm going to dwell and I'm going to abide in Christ. That's how I'm going to keep my flesh under. That's why I'm keep saying reading these scriptures, reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John during this time. It helps keep my flesh under. Because, you know, because I realize when I, when, I you say, when you read the word of God, what you realize is that you're just temporal. And that God is eternal. What I mean by that? There's life after this life. There's a life to come. And we caught up in like, a, you saw what, what you, you caught up in what you think was so important at that moment. And you realize that wasn't important at all in the grand scheme of things. But if I would have stayed with purpose, how much further along I would be financially. How much less frustration I'll be and stress in my home if I stay on purpose. You know, I'm saying it's nothing like having your your affairs in order and getting the things that, that you've already allocated and just getting and then stay right there. And you know, we do things when it comes to ministry. You are I'm just saying you are we've been doing these things for a long time. Like I I know it's like the women, again, when we get back into in-person, you know, services. You know, the women do their shopping trip every November. I, on purpose, you know, I had to learn these things. I, on purpose, throughout the year, had to put my money away for that shopping trip for my wife. You know, the first thing, it wasn't an option. She wasn't going, because it's a blessing for her to go. But I had to put that money away, allocated for that purpose. Throughout the year, I didn't wait till the first, you know, weekend in November, when it's coming every year, and then all of a sudden, oh, we got to figure out how to do this. What are we going to, you know, rob, what is it, rob Peter, pay Paul to go? For, no. And then she's going down there stressed. Then we come back, we're still stressed. She's watching a lady shop and getting food, and she's sitting there drinking water and drinking, you know, eating some bread. Because of my lack of plan. No. I'm not, hey, that's, I learned these things. No, I just put it aside. And I'm telling you, I've learned these things. I, I tell you, I've learned it. I've learned over the years. Right, I'm going to tell you something, brother. I'm trying to help you out, brothers. In the last few minutes, when it comes to money for my wife, I know if I give her more than she expects, I get money back. <laughs> but if I be a tightwad and just say, you only can spend $20, she'll spend about 400 <laughs> Like, I'm going to show you something, Mr. I planned. So I've learned. So I put this money in, and I'm like, and she, her eyes light. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I, good. And then guess what? She come back with more money than I gave. I'm like, how did that happen? Right? Because now she's free. She's not there, stressed out, you know, counting pennies. The ladies go out to eat, and like, well, I, can, I maybe eat breakfast with y'all, but I don't know if I can do dinner. I'm gonna skip breakfast and lunch. You know, I ain't playing them games. 
because I've allocated it. Again, but I've allocated throughout the year. Put it aside, brothers. And again, I'm, even if your wife, you know, again, my wife was a situation we have, you know, my wife is, doesn't have a job outside of the, the home, but hey, even my wife had a job outside the home, I'm sitting and putting it aside. That's my wife. We work together. Again, one income. We, guess what? All, everybody in the house should have one income. It's all the house money. We don't have a separate bank accounts. It's, it's the house. So whatever you bring it in and I bring it, it goes into one account. It's one budget. It's one allocation. And we put it aside for you to go have a great time. I'm, I'm just saying, those things you plan ahead for. That's my whole point of saying this. Plan ahead. Talk to God. It took me years to understand this moment. I heard him go, fear God, I said, God, and then God come back and say, I told you. I'm like, let it go. Be free. And I, I got myself where I'm free now. I'm like, here you go. Go. If you spend it all, great. If you don't, great. And then when it comes back and then spend it all, guess what? It's not like, oh, we just allocated in part of purpose. We ain't like, oh, we got more Christmas money. No. We just allocated towards purpose. What's the next purpose that God wants us to do? Stay there. Because I'm going to tell you, God has to work for us to do financial in this ministry. Uh, I mean, work for us to do financial. You know, we are here to support this ministry. God has called us to that work. Right? He's given you the ability to gain wealth for that purpose. And if you're stressed out financially, you're not going to be able to do these things. And I'm going to make sure that I'm always in a position that I can be a giver to the kingdom of God. That is my per- I'm going to be in a position where I can be a giver to the kingdom of God, whatever it may be. And I'm getting, we're not talking about tithes at all. That belong, that belong, we ain't talking about those things. I'm talking about when it comes to just being free, when it comes to things that need to be done in ministry. Financially, it takes money. It's like it takes money to run your house. It takes money in ministry. Be free during the season. Don't be a thief. Don't be Judas. Don't let that trigger happen for you. Amen. All right. Well, I hope you were blessed by these teachings. Again, these things are so sound for me and important to me. I, I love going back over these things for me personally because it just helps me to, to be what I need to be at. Mentally and spiritually, staying with God. I'm making sure I'm seeking God out. Remember the challenge. Continue to read the Gospels, reading Mark, and then <clears throat> heading towards Luke, and then reading towards John. These next few weeks to get your mind where it needs to be, so you can abide in Him and, and dwell in Him. So this time of season, we will not be distracted. So when January comes, you'll already be purpose-minded when it comes to financial. You won't be like something asked for you, like. Uh, we don't have how are we going to do that God's like you do it now to prepare for later this has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin for more information about our ministry please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net